Well, hello. Welcome to MC Podcast, episode 38. Today, my in-studio guest is uh, Kevin Kuhn, CEO of Master's Choice. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. So uh, today we were um, we were supposed to be talking about things that we knew about, but I figured that um, bourbon and turkey hunting were maybe not appropriate topics for for podcast episode thirty eight. It does sound pretty fun though. I, I and and they said talk about something you know about, and I'm like, well, <laughs> that was the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, when when that came through on the email, I was like, how long do they want this to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we can cut that down to fit the podcast format. Yeah, I mean, we may have to make several episodes out. Out of, out of that. But anyway, so um, really, we're just going to kind of cover uh, some of the new stuff going on here at MC, maybe some things that we've seen out in the industry, uh, just some just kind of a state of the union uh, kind of a, a podcast, just talk through some of the new hires, the new um, the new directions, uh, those kinds of things, since we got you in here and and um, and let you kind of kind of walk us through all that. So just just really uh, kind of briefly, Kevin, just kind of catch us up on, on what's been going on in, in your world you know where have you been traveling you know what's been going on with you here lately sure yeah i'll catch up a little bit uh i feel like right now my my, my life is an ever-evolving meeting yeah, um, yeah it's just uh you know feels like one right after another we're kind of at that time of the year where uh the the current selling season is starting to wind down and we're we're making plans for production, making plans for inbred expansions. Uh, in fact, when we wrap this podcast up, my my next stop is a phone call uh, to try to get some some inbred production lined out, um, and uh, you know just kind of evaluating what worked, what didn't, trying to get things in place for the upcoming year, working on uh, change over in budgets this that's coming up this summer. Um, you know, so uh, right now there's a, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on. Uh, just making sure we have everything in place uh, as we transition out of uh, 2017, 2018, and moving into 2018, 2019. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I, I had a, um, I had a, an email this morning from Charlie. Hey, when are we gonna, when are we gonna look at this stuff? And I was like, because I just got back from Cumberland Valley uh, Analytical Services this week. We got to see their new lab, so it was really sweet. But we um, just got back, and I was like, there was meeting, 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 and I told Charlie, I was like. Look, I don't mean to do this to you, but it's going to be in between meetings, and I'll just check to see if when you've got time and we can sit down and, and start working through some of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, last night on the way home on the plane, I was looking at all the meetings that were being scheduled right. for, for today, and I was like, whoo, mercy. So Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's busy. Um, I In fact, I was just talking with Andrew yesterday trying to find dates that we could set up the uh, the next board quarterly board meeting. And yeah. uh, looking at the month of April, we've got about four total days to pick from, I think, nice. out of the whole month where we don't have some kind of travel or meeting going on. So um, it's it's busy, but it's it's good. Um, I uh, I enjoy it. This and, and really, this is the time of the year that uh, – that I that I really enjoy because there's a lot of long term planning. It gives me a chance to uh, when I when I can make it to my desk, I spend a lot of time brainstorming and, uh, and kind of sifting through ideas at this point in the year. Yeah, so you know we we've kind of talked about um, you know getting ready, ending up a sales season, getting ready for a new sales season. 
Um, you know, there, there's been some not shakeup is may have a wrong connotation. Some people may think shakeup as a as a negative, and I, and I, and so I you know I didn't mean I don't mean shakeup as a negative, but there there's been some transition and some moving uh, uh, around in the sales department. We've kind of revamped, maybe revamped. Yeah, you know, not that anything was broken or wrong. We're just trying to get some things better. Walk, walk us through some of the new stuff going on in the in the sales. Sure, there there's a lot of change going on within Master's Choice, and and what we're seeing is uh, we're seeing the business evolving a little bit. We're seeing, um, you know, Master's Choice has uh, has always done business with a lot of small family-owned farms mm-hmm. in the Midwest mm-hmm. and on the East Coast. Uh, that business is still strong and still growing. Yep. Uh, but what we're seeing is that the, uh, the business uh, that is reaching large farms um, – and uh, new territories, uh, territories in, in the western United States, California, Idaho, Kansas, uh, New Mexico, Colorado, uh, South Dakota, that business is, is growing pretty rapidly. Um, in fact, if you look at uh, kind of look at our sales trends over the last year, uh, those those markets are growing faster right now than any of the rest of them for Master's Choice. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, uh, and as a result, um, you know, we're we're making some some shifts in the business to uh, to make sure we're prepared to to handle that. We're staffed for that. Um, uh, we've had uh, Scott Harris has been leading us as our our national sales manager now yeah. um, for quite some time. Scott and I started together back in 2011. Um, Scott is still working with us, and he's still spending a lot of time within MC Inc. Uh, but one of his key roles right now is that uh, he is the uh, um, basically, he's the lead now for us for international sales, right, um, right. which is a, a, a brand new market that's starting to grow, spending a lot of time uh, with some customers from uh, Eastern Europe um, and exploring some some new possibilities there. So Scott spends about about 60 to 70 percent of his time doing master's choice stuff domestically. Right. Uh, the rest of that time, he is working on building that international market. Um, as a result, um, we, uh, we made a transition and we moved Toby over. And so now Toby is, uh, is the director of sales for, for domestic sales in the U S. Right. Uh, so anything U S Canada, uh, falls under, under Toby's guidance at this point. Um, yeah. which I think, which I think was a, was a good move and it wasn't, you know, um, you know, Scott Scott was doing a good job there, but he he really he really liked that international avenue and and really kind of gravitated towards that. You know, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about the leadership here at Master's Choice is that when 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 there's an employee or, uh, or you know somebody works here and they they find their they find something that they're passionate about and something that they that they really um, that they really can excel at. You know, we we allow them to kind of morph into that. You know, you you were talking about earlier. You started in sales. I did. I started in customer service. Right. You know, and so I went from customer service to marketing to to research and development to director of nutrition research as as I kind of gravitated and really caught on to those things and and that's kind of the way the way it it happened you know somewhat with you you went from sales to yeah, R&D right right and uh you know went to uh, to R&D uh directed R&D for a while and and now uh, functioning as CEO yeah um and it's it's important for us to uh it's important for us for our people to to be fulfilled in what they do um, and so as we get into the business, a lot of times we find that, uh, each person has their own specific skill set and their own talents, um, that cause them to gravitate to one position or another. Uh, we, we never want to want to bring somebody on and have them locked down that, you know, 
we're going to keep you retained right. within this box and you show up and you do your job. Um, you know, we always want our employees to be able to grow. Um, we want them to be fulfilled. We want them to, uh, to grow both, uh, professionally and, and personally. Right. Um, and you know, so that, that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's worked well for us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we've been able to, uh, been able to focus people where they're, uh, where they're best suited. Best suited, where their strength is, where their passion is. Right. And, and the things they can do. And so, so we, we kind of transitioned Scott into, into part of that because, you know, in the next couple of years, that international market looks like it's really going to take off for us. Right. And, and so we, we needed to start being prepared for that. And that's kind of why you say we, you know, 60% of the time he's still working kind of, you know, MC Inc. domestically. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but part of that time now he's, he's building that and, and getting going there. And in, and in order to keep everything domestically going the way it ought to be, we needed somebody to kind of kind of take the helm of that ship. Right. And and that's where we, that's when we moved Toby in there. Right. And Toby has a background. Uh, actually, he actually came out of insurance um, mm-hmm. and, and working in sales and insurance. But he has a has a background in, in building and managing sales networks. Right. Um, and uh, and he is doing exceptionally well with that. Um, before we transitioned him over to, to the, uh, director, national sales director, he was actually, uh, heading up our, our direct sales division. Yep. And, uh, he, uh, he built our, our program that we have now where we have direct dealers out in the field, which was a new focus, which is, has been very successful. Uh, we've got, uh, right now we've got three new employees functioning there. We have, uh, have Emily in Michigan. We have, uh, Marv and Tim in yep. South Dakota, um, they are doing extremely well. That program is going to continue to grow, um, you know, and that's that's something that I would uh, uh, I would make sure that, uh, that that people realize is that that we are growing. Um, sales is probably the place that we're going to see the next big expansion and big growth, where we're going to be going to be looking to add salespeople out in the territory, be adding salespeople uh, within the office. Um, you know, and, and what's happened with master's choice is, uh, you know, we've kind of gotten ourselves to a point where, uh, the brand recognition is, is really good. Um, the technology and the research is, is really good. Um, you know, we're, we're strong in those, in those areas. Uh, now we're going to begin to add the, uh, the sales staff to, to help to grow the, grow the overall business yeah. with, with the, uh, the backing of the brand awareness and the, the, the research technology. Definitely. Yeah. You know, um, and, and yeah, I mean, we we're 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 pushing that direction. We needed to. We we've we've got good substantiation. We've got research and development, good hybrids, and and now you know we're just like I say, we're expanding into those those new regions, and we have to have people to do that. And so um, so we've we've added we we've we've added a few people there, uh, Craig Partridge, right. And, and he's, and he's taking, he's been working in Kansas here lately Mm -hmm. and, and working with some new distributors out that way. Craig, Craig is, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty sharp. Good guy. I say pretty sharp. Like, well, you know, I could be sharper, but no, I mean, he's really sharp. He's, he's a really sharp, good guy. And he is, uh, you know, Craig's been a, been a great addition. Um, and, and Craig, Craig's kind of like Scott. He's a, he's a people person. He's got that personality that, that people really connect quickly with Craig, um, and, uh, and he is, he's done a great job. Uh, in fact, he, he busted in the door yesterday afternoon with a, with a, uh, a big order from a distributor he'd been working with that he was pretty excited about. So, um, it's great. It's great when you see somebody really step into that role and they start to see things, they start to see some success for what they, the work they've been yeah. doing and he's, yeah. he's done a great job. 
Um, and, uh, and he's, you know, no doubt going to play a big role in growing some of those new sales outlets. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, so we got Craig and so we also got Jimmy, Jimmy's got Jimmy was, was Jimmy here before Craig or no, I think Craig was probably think you're on right. a little before Jimmy, um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's working full time in sales now. Uh, Jimmy Parmalee, um, we started him out. We actually had him, uh, working in Ohio. Yeah. Um, he's still working with a lot of, uh, contacts there in Ohio. Um, but, uh, kind of as, uh, as the business grows, he's, um, uh, he's kind of, uh, getting moved around and, uh, touching a lot of different, uh, uh, different sales outlets right. with, within master's choice. Uh, but, uh, Jimmy is, is growing really fast in the business, just like Craig is, um, and doing really well. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, it, it's been interesting that all of these guys that we've, that we brought in to do this and, uh, you know, we, we are, we're such a. I say we're a small company. We're not. We're not just like little bitty, but we're small enough that everybody kind of knows everybody. And 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 you bring you bring these new people in, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, how's this going to work? How are they going to fit? What can I say? What can't I say? You know, and 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 uh, with Craig and, and Jimmy, man, we've been able just they just kind of fell right in and just and just really kind of meshed well with with all of us, and and you know. Yeah, and, and the the Crabtree family has done a good job of establishing a, a healthy culture here. Yes, and uh, and when we hire someone, uh, regardless of which department we're hiring them for, um, you know, we are we are hiring them for their their personality. Uh, yeah. is is one of the key things that we're looking for, um, and and it's important that we identify people that. Uh, that we know are going to going to mesh well with the culture, with the culture, mesh well with the staff here. Yep. Um, those two guys have just you know just meshed right in, just like just like they've been here all along. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd agree for for sure. And so um, let's see who else have we at? Jace. Yep. Jace Thompson. We we added Jace in sales, and that's just been like within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Jace is brand new. So uh, so we we actually brought Jace in. He was working in our conditioning facility. Uh, so he's been managing the organic line. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Jace is, uh, is very talented. Um, yes. and, um, I, I, I very much, um, you know, I got a chance to work, uh, watch him work at the conditioning facility, uh, very much admired his work ethic, mm -hmm. his attention to detail. Um, and, and Jace is going to be working with us. Um, he will be, uh, He'll be working in sales, but he'll largely uh, be filling kind of a, a service role, yeah. uh, making sure that our established distributors and dealers that they have everything that they need, um, you know, and uh, and he'll he'll kind of be the connection back with Master's Choice with people that are out in the field, um, and it's it's really important, you know, um, for for you and I, you know, we we're submersed in Master's Choice every day, yeah, and uh, and it's really. It's really difficult when we have uh, dealers or distributors that are out in the field that, um, you know, seed corn is a is a small piece of what they do. Um, and so it's important that we make sure that they stay connected with the information, with with what's going on with the business. Uh, Jace is going to do a great job of making sure that they have yeah. what they need to be successful. Um, and that's that's going to be key to to keeping our current uh, distribution growing as, as we continue to add add more distribution as we go. Yeah. And so I so I think Jace is going to be great at that. He's he's a nice guy. He has good relationship skills, but he also has those good attention to detail, make right. sure that all the I's get dotted and the T's get crossed and, and make sure that, oh, wait, you know, this is a piece that needs to go here and a piece that needs to go there. And so uh, so I think he's going to be absolutely excellent at, at that kind of the role, more of a more of a kind of a key account lead right. than, than just a, a sale, a sales guy. 
but within that but within that sales department right and, and so yeah so i'm excited to see how uh, how that all uh, works out with him and, and how successful that that uh, that he can be there so yeah so yeah so things are kind of moving and shaking in sales right now and and we're kind of getting the um uh you know we're kind of getting the system down to where to where we where we need to be so that we can continue to grow in the future and, and, and get all those kind of bases covered. Uh, what about R&D? Anything new going on in R&D? Sure. Um, you know, R&D is always growing. Um, we we built uh, built a set of new greenhouses last year. Um, those are, are up and running here in southern Illinois. Um, you remember how big they are? Uh, I think 100 by 100 okay. uh, is the uh, all three of them combined, yeah. uh, sitting on a 100 by 100 pad. Um, and, and Cullen is, uh, he is just, uh, just past the peak of pollination in the greenhouse now. Um, so that, that's coming along well. Uh, of course we got a greenhouse crop up at, uh, Michael Lake's facility in Eldred. Um, he's finished up pollination on, on that crop now, and we're, we're waiting to, to harvest there. Um, you know, um, and of course we, we always have our winter nursery, um, that is coming back, uh, be coming back out of Puerto Rico here within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be a, a quick turnaround trying to get all that stuff shelled and packaged and ready to go back in the ground for, for spring planting, which will be here before we know it. Yeah. And, and speaking of spring planting, we're going to have some new professional, uh, kind of professionally managed plots, uh, uh, this year we are um, we've got uh, got new locations in Illinois and Wisconsin um, also uh, kind of expanding some research we've been doing in, in out in Pennsylvania as right. well um, and uh, that is all geared around corn silage um, still and got some professional plots in Ohio again this year um, Cullen is uh, is working on some uh, some new locations which will be uh, doing grain research on some some early stuff that he's developing. Um, and what this will let us do is kind of get a quick look at uh, um, yield potential on some of some of his new lines, um, and it'll it'll give us an idea of of uh, kind of how we want to pursue those and and what the next steps are. But that that uh, that research will be um, uh, taking on quite a few more plots than what we've had in the past. So yeah. get, getting more and more data points. Yeah. And so more and more data points for, for that um, looks looks good. And, you know, when you talk about bringing seed back from Puerto Rico, that's what kind of spurred that uh, that idea and that thought on to me is that we'll be getting everything ready to go in, in there. Uh, what about other plot seed? How You know, I mean, we're, we're rocking and rolling with other plot seed. Lonnie's just been right. blowing through it down there. Right, yeah. So we, we brought uh, we brought Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Ryan in. Um, he was working with our, uh, our local ag retail, uh, MC Ag. Uh, we actually brought him in to help uh, kind of manage plot seed and, and some of that. Uh, there again, another guy whose attention to detail oh, is yeah. exceptionally good, which is is a must when you're going to be a uh, uh, handling plot seed and working within research and development. Um, our plot seed is getting turned around faster than it has since I've been here in the last seven years. Oh, yeah. it's, it's more organized and um, better done than I've ever seen it. Um, and, uh, so, so he is, uh, he's working on, on all that stuff. We, uh, got a new intern, Jacob Ellis is yeah. working out there with, with Lonnie. How, how is, how is Jacob doing? Jacob's doing really well. He's, uh, he's been with us for two or three two, weeks now. Yeah. He's actually getting to where he talk a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Not, not much, I, but, but he'll, he'll throw in a few words every now and then. Yeah. I, so, um, so yeah, so, so Jacob is, uh, is the son of a friend of mine 
and uh, and so so we we did. We brought him on. He's uh, he's getting his associate's degree at a commu- local community college. Needed an internship, so we 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 kind of brought him on, and um, and and I knew he was going to be quiet, right? And so, but it's like the I haven't been here. When when he's here, I don't. It's just it, it hasn't it hasn't worked out, and so I just so I, I'm I'm glad to hear that he's that he is he's doing that. I told you the the funny story the other day though. So when, when he yeah, came into yeah, R and go through that again, yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. So when he came into R and D, we were like, look, you're gonna see things that you know you got to sign confidentiality agreements, and and we're not you know you're not gonna be able to to discuss outside of even R and D people in in Master's Choice. You 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 know there's things that you that they don't even need to know that you're gonna be able that you're that you're gonna see while, while you're here and things that you're gonna hear because you'll you'll be in 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 uh in with us and he's like okay okay yeah yeah and and i you know like you were saying he doesn't talk much mm-hmm. so i didn't you know i didn't figure he was gonna go blab but uh so uh, cullen had him uh basically breaking down some bags of, of parent seed right right and and he was breaking down bags of parent seed and counting it out into packets so that we could send those out for plots or increases or, or something and uh, um and so uh he went he went home and I saw his dad. Uh, his dad actually runs a feed store here. That that and so uh, me and uh, Ivy were in the feed store, and I and and I asked him. I said, uh, I said, well, Keith. I said, uh, Jacob liking everything. I mean, has he said anything? He's like, I don't know what you all did to him. I, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he said, I asked him. You know, what what you been doing? He said, Dad, I've been I've been working uh, with some with some seed. And he's like, well, well, how many seeds are in a bag? He's like. It's proprietary dad, I can't tell you. He's like, well, it's just a bag of seed. How many seeds are, are there? Eighty thousand kernels? Is it a hundred thousand? Dad, it's it's. I can't tell you. It's confidential. It's top secret. I can't tell you. So he was he wasn't even telling him how many seeds he was putting in a packet. So I was like, that's that's what we like out of our R and D. That's what we want out of our R and D guys right there. Yep. And so uh, so Keith and I got a pretty good pretty good laugh and chuckle out of uh, out of that. So yeah, no. So Jacob. I think I think Jacob's doing well, so I, we'll we'll see if he'll we'll see if he'll kind of open up a little bit and and uh, and, uh, and kind of I think he'll fit in great. So he's I'm, I'm he's doing a good that. job. I in fact I went back there yesterday. Um, Kyle was Kyle was going to be gone to lunch whenever Jacob came in, and uh, so he wanted me to make sure that I got Jacob started. And I uh, I went back there uh, just a few minutes after Jacob showed up, and uh, uh, I told Lonnie I said, hey. Um, Kyle wanted to make sure that uh, that we got Jacob started on this project, and Lonnie said, "I'm going to take care of this project. It needs to go over here, and these bags need." And and I said, "Okay, do you have some? Yep, I'm going to put him." So Lonnie had it under control. So had, had it all. He had it go. all figured out. So I said, "I'm going to stay out of your way. You guys just keep <laughs> on doing what you're doing." No doubt. So yeah. So they they they've been really good there. Um, so let's see what else. What are some new? So we got Plotsy rolling out of R and D. Um, yeah, we've got. Uh, Got some projects that that Michael's getting ready for uh, up there in Eldred. Uh, he'll be doing a inbred expansion. Um, he had a uh, an isolated crossing block last year. We made up uh, a bunch of a uh, bunch of test seed that uh, is getting broken down now to get ready to go into plots. Um, we'll also uh, so we'll have a nursery up there. We're going to have a silage plot there. So he's he's working on getting all the ground lined up for that. Um, and uh, so it it's uh, it's busy right now. Um, I, I talked to Cullen yesterday about uh, about uh, hiring somebody to come in to, uh, for the next few months to help him get everything ready, and 
And I asked him, I said, I said, uh, is there going to be plenty of work between him, uh, Lonnie, and Jacob to keep everybody going before this? He said, oh, yeah, there's plenty. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so just the, the preparation that goes into getting all these nurseries and all these uh, uh, test plots and everything lined up is, is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, and that's counting seeds, putting them in packets, putting packets in order. Right. And that's, yeah, that's there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just... Like, you know, you know, you think about a farmer, he just grabs, you know, a bag of seed or a box of seed and puts it in the planter and, and, and goes, you know, I mean, we're talking, you know, 17 and a half feet rows, 20 foot rows. And, you know, for, you know, for, you know, half a mile and, and getting enough, you know, getting all those packets all in line. Yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot there that, that yep. people that behind the scenes, I don't think that people really even realize. Some people even in Master Choice don't realize how much, um, how, how much work there is just to getting getting that ready to go. Right. Um, you know, as far as nutrition on the side of, of R&D, there's a few things coming through there. I was at uh, I was at Cumberland Valley Analytical Services this week, and uh, they've they've had a they've had their new lab for oh about a year now, almost mm-hmm. a year, and and I hadn't been out there yet to look at it, and and so man, you want to talk about a top notch facility? Where's the new uh, lab? It's located actually at? it's in Waynesboro, uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, which. We, we, their their old their old lab was in Hagerstown, Maryland, which is not very like five miles from Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, but it's that area where there's like 18 states all in an area like this big, right. you know. Um, in fact, I flew into Dulles, uh, Washington Dulles, and so I was in Virginia. By the time I got to the lab, I had been in Virginia. Maryland, West Virginia, and ended up in Pennsylvania, all within all, all within an hour. So you're just right. you know you're driving through all of that. Um, so yeah, so so really nice, uh, really nice facility. They've got some new things kind of going on there, and uh, and so it was it was really good. It's really good to see uh, to see all of the the new stuff there, and uh, was very impressed with their facility. Very impressed with their staff, um, and and the way they're the way they're kind of headed. Ralph Ward mm-hmm. is the owner of, of Cumberland Valley, um, and just a top notch guy, and, and some really good some really good staff there and uh so spend some time out there uh maybe looking to do a couple of little research projects with them that was right. one of the things that they were really interested in and in, in talking about was not just plot work and and, and forge sampling but what maybe some some r&d type stuff so uh uh so was was kind of in, you know was impressed with that you know little projects looking at, at certain aspects of right. of different things and and then um and then we've also gonna we're also kind of kind of launch off into some beef work. We've we've been working with Penn State, trying to get some things uh, lined out with uh, with beef work, and um, and so we're we're kind of starting to look at what we need to do to to enter that beef market pretty heavily and, and make a big impact in there. Not only for not only for silage, which is which is where our specialty has kind of been here for the last our, our focus in our specialty, but also in the in the grain side of that. Right. And so we've got some grain work going on at uh, at Penn State with Terra Felix and uh, uh, just looking at at grain performance in um, in, in beef cattle. And then uh, we've got some stuff going on in Canada. Yeah, uh, there'll be a little kind of uh, on farm trial going on in Canada. Uh, this uh, this spring, and so kind of interested to see how that's going to go. Kind, kind of a feeder type type thing, uh, you know, going from I think three hundred fifty to seven hundred pounds, right? And and seeing what kind of efficiency we can get out of a softer, more uh, more digestible grain. I'm really excited to see what we get out of the the commercial products we have out there now with yeah. that uh, that that softer starch that we're utilizing. Yep. Um, but for me, 
it's you know it's looking down the road at the things that Cullen's developing right, right. now, uh, things things that aren't yet commercial that I think are really gonna gonna light up dairy and beef markets. And I think once, like you say, once we uh, once we get the groundwork laid here yep. on the initial research, um, I I think you know the potential is is unbelievable for both markets. Oh, I I do too. I, I think that I think that we'll be poised to step right in. You know, some of the initial work that we saw at Penn State that I haven't even shared with a whole lot of people yet, and we haven't rolled it out. It was kind of a a preliminary to 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 basically set the groundwork for going into to feeding. We, we had, um, uh, in an in-situ trial, we had 20% greater dry matter disappearance uh, with, uh, with our softer, more, more flowery uh, type corn. And it was, a, it was kind of a, a coarse ground uh, uh, project where we just went in and it was to simulate feeding whole, whole kernels. Right. And, uh, of course we had to, we had to simulate, you know, chewing or mastication. And, and, and in that process, after we put it in the cow, we had, like I said, 20% greater dry matter disappearance. And so we're really kind of interested to see how, how that, what that translates into as far as performance, average right. daily gains, days to choice, those kinds of things. Um, and and so we're we're really we we think that we think that that the groundwork is really exciting there to see to see how that's going to kind of uh, how that's kind of going to prompt us and then um, you know uh, and you know a lot of times in and I guess we can talk about this and if not they can edit it off if they want to but um, you know when, when a lot of times when we thought about beef the beef market we thought about um, dry grain. Right. You know, or rolled, or or cracked, or steam flake, or you know, we were thinking about the grain feeding. But there seems to be kind of a push in the in the in the upper Midwest. Uh, there seems to be a push for more silage in a beef market. So I was kind of excited to hear that and, and see where that's going to roll out because I know that we've got good silage products. Right. Yeah. And and uh, man, what a what a great efficient way to make a bunch of feed. I know um, by going in and, and chopping silage. Um, and, and we're seeing a lot of, uh, we're seeing a lot of these, um, uh, medium sized feedlots popping yeah. up, yeah. you know, where, where there's private, some, private feedlots yeah, is right, kind of the, the right. term in the industry. There you go. That, that's that's yeah. probably more accurate, uh, where, where a lot of them are, are growing their own feed as right. opposed to bringing it all in on rail cars, yep. uh, that you see with these, these big, uh, feedlots in the West. Um, and, and like I say, um, I, I'm excited to see what our products are going to do there. I am too. You know, we've had we've had guys that have been feeding beef uh, for the, you know several years since I've been here. I've had guys tell me you know about great success that they've had. Yeah, we've just we've just been so focused on the dairy market. We haven't been able to funnel the resources over there um, to put to quantitative data together. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be it's going to be fun to to dig into that and see what's what's really there because yeah. we know it's working yeah we're, we've, we're seeing it work we just haven't had put the data there. yeah yeah so we, we've got the anecdotal you know right. the, the farmer says man i fed this and my cows did better and yep. and and you know and i've and i got them to choice faster and and their average daily gains were up and and so we, we we've, we've had those stories but now being able to put data behind that to be able to go promote it to a to a guy uh, in a very strategic way is something that I'm, I'm kind of excited about too. You know, I mean, I, I, I 
you know, I, I don't, I don't hide it at all that I was, you know, raised in Texas, raised around beef. Beef, beef is, I, I like beef, right? You know what I mean? Sure. And, um, uh, and so, uh, I even like beef more than I like raw fish, to be honest with you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and by the way, uh, when, uh, and, uh, there's a really good sushi place in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. I'll, I'll have to put that on my map. I, I was, I was shocked and slightly amazed. You know what I mean? Um, it, although, you know, I mean, here in Anna, little bitty Anna, Illinois, we've got one of the best Chinese food restaurants that I've ever been into. And I've been in lots of Chinese restaurants around, around the country and even some in, uh, around the world. And, and so, man, that, but, uh, but they, we had sushi the other night. It was delicious. We had got a whole, we got a, we got a whole platter of sashimi. Mark, it's too early in the morning for you to be talking about sushi. You're going to have me looking for lunch already. <laughs> I know, I know, right? You know, but they had this whole platter of sashimi, and we had we had red snapper and flounder, and um, and then there was like some whitefish, wow. and 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 two tunas and some salmon. Oh, it was so fresh and good. It was so good. <laughs> um, and then and yeah, so now I guess we got to talk about beef again. But but, uh, but yeah, so. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I grew up around beef. I, I like beef, and so being able to kind of to go this direction is is exciting for me to see where see where this is all gonna all gonna land. And it was exciting to me to hear that the guys were were kind of thinking about, and there was a push to to do more silage. And like you said, you know, more 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 feed, uh, a pot, you know, just a big old pile of feed, good. And what we're seeing is that as far as um, you know, feed to gain ratios and economics, it makes better sense to do silage. Right. And so that's 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 kind of what I'm hearing out of, out of those out of those guys who are who are um, in in the beef areas. Uh, Galen Erickson the other day at Nebraska was uh, was one who was talking about that. And he said, you know, the economics behind feeding silage to beef is is where is where the guys are going to. It's more profitable to do it that way. Right. And so it's going to be interesting to see uh, as we as we carry on and move through. Um, just uh, how how much we're we're going to be able to promote that and, and see those good products. So um, yeah, I don't you know any. I'm trying to think any anything else going on in uh, in R and D. Well, you haven't. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit in the past, but we haven't covered it today. Uh, the MPG index, yes, is is a huge thing that's going on right now in research. Yeah, so the MPG index is is a huge thing that's going on, and and in fact. Um, <laughs> Okay, hold on, man. I got to be careful how we, you know, what I mean. So, 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 uh, was actually had a had a dealer. We were calling into a dealer called me in today, uh, this morning. Actually, he called called into the office, left a message, and I had to call him back this morning. And um, and his first questions were, okay, I'm, I'm going to be selling these hybrids. I heard you talk about this. What are the MP? What's the MPG index on them? Right. And, and so, so they they're already. Uh, it was good to see that the dealers were already catching on to that. And basically, what that is is it's a it's. It started off as our evaluation process, mm-hmm. and um, and so it was funny. We'd sit down with uh, with all the rest of the agronomy team, and I would go through and I would say, okay, this this hybrid has good NDFDs, and this one has has good starch digestibility. And about the time I got to the third or fourth profile, nutritional profile, all of those, all of your your eyes just kind of glazed over. And so so really, what we did is we we took all of those different layers and categories that we look at to select hybrids and we kind of boiled it down in into 
into what we call the milk production genetics index. And and basically what that is 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 it is it is all of those different layers and categories wrapped up into one score. And that score is uh, is 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 variable within within every year because we look at it according to how that hybrid performed within a, a data set for for that year, and um, and so uh, so but it's based on the fact that for every uh, ten points in that in that index, there's about a pound and a quarter of milk difference. So if if we have a score of ninety versus a score of one hundred and one. The 101 uh, will make about a pound and a, and a and a quarter more milk than that than that uh, than that hybrid at the potential of a pound and a quarter uh, more milk. And, and we ran feeding trial on that. We we basically went in. We took four hybrids in that uh, and indexed them and this and then put them in in a uh, in a feeding trial. We fed 96 cows and. Uh, and so I think it was 84 days, 96 mm-hmm. cows for 84 days. And and basically we balanced the ration for the highest indexing hybrid. And then we replaced corn silage dry matter pound for dry matter pound. And, and what we found was that that for every 10 points of the index, we got about a, a, a pound and a, and a quarter uh, difference in, in milk production. And so so basically what that allows us to do is it allows us to kind of consolidate all of those different... Um, it, you know, it's kind of like a... Uh, when you look at the score, it's kind of like a relative feed value, re- relative feed quality kind of kind of number. Um, it's not a milk per ton number that it, that it gives us how many pounds of milk that's going to make. What it does is it gives us the potential over another hybrid. Right. It, it shows us the the potential it has over another hybrid to make to make more milk, and uh, and so uh, so we're we're going to use that. It's probably going to come out in our hybrid guide this year. We'll probably give everything uh, its score for the year, and just so that people know how things are how things are performing. I, I you know I'd like to kind of see it maybe you know over over a couple of years in the hybrid you know hybrid guy you know in right. 2016 and 17 and 18. This is this is how this performed, and that way you can look at 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 over the years this is how it performed compared to something right. to something else yeah and and you know for for the grower um this selection process uh, i i've watched this selection process be developed really and and you know and and it's 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 grown on the agronomic side as mm-hmm. well but I've, I've watched this thing grow for over the last seven years and um you know by the time we get a product finished and ready to go commercial now it's it's solid. It is. You know, it is. Um, we've, you know, when I when I first started here, I watched some products come in where we saw they tested really really well, either agronomically or nutritionally. That you know there were reason there was reason to bring it in. Yeah. Um, and then it would kind of a uh, year or two, maybe it fizzles out, and we just don't have that anymore. No, when no. when a product comes in, it is solid agronomically, and the nutrition of it is going to make milk. Because you know, if we just look at standard industry testing on yep. the nutrition side, yeah, it doesn't always translate into is it going to make milk? Right. Um, there are good indicators out there, um, you know, that at industry level testing. But when it comes to product selection, it was never enough for us. Uh, we, right. we we could never use that and have a good feel on how it was actually going to perform on the farm. Uh, we are finally at a point now where I feel really, really confident when when uh, when we find something that that works in our testing, it's going to perform on the farm. It's it is it's almost hard for me to to for a guy to say 
to me, um, you know, we were talking this, this morning and, and, um, and the dealer was calling in, Hey, you know, what about 5370 versus 5250? I'm like, they're close. <laughs> you know, I like 5370 because of these reasons, 5250 still does really good. You know, I, it's getting to the point now where, where to recommend something nutritionally, it's just kind of like, you got to pick the one that's going to fit on the farm right. the best, you right. know, because nutritionally the, they're, they're, they're all stacked in there really close. That's the goal is to have a, a lineup that is entirely built for livestock yep. feeding and they are all going to feed well. They're all going to make milk. So, you know, a big piece of having good quality feed stuff is, am I making the right agronomic selection for my acres and then managing it accordingly? Right. So if, if I'm looking at a master choice hybrid guide and I know that, maybe there's 40 hybrids in there. And I know that any of those 40 that I pick um, are going to make great feed. Now yeah. it boils down to, is my relative maturity right? Is my trait selection right? Are the the agronomic characteristics going to work on my acres is where where we want to see the customer and the dealer focus on making the selection. A ab absolutely. Yeah. And it, but it's, it's funny, you know, because like you said, you know, in the past, we had some hybrids that were good agronomically that maybe were 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 marginal, you know, uh, nutritionally and, and mm -hmm. some, you know, the say the other way, you know, some that were that were excellent nutrition, you know, and those and those are the ones that fizzle. Right. Those are the ones that we get for a couple of years and, and, and they just and they just kind of fizzle and now we don't have that i don't know that that we have any hybrids in our lineup that i would not recommend nutritionally and it's really hard for me to make to make a distinction between you know one over the other you know uh 4570 versus 4630 i yeah you, yeah you know i mean i'm like well okay yeah i mean it depends on on what your what your agronomics are and what your management is and what you what you need because you know that's a, a 96 and a 95 day but as far as nutritionally they're pretty much so a toss-up yeah they're right right together and uh, you know so you know ultimately is uh, make sure you're trying the new products you know if, yeah. if you're a dealer or an end user um, and I, I gave this as part of the winter meeting presentation with the the King's Agri Seeds Group. Um, you know, we, we talked about the rule of thirds. Use a use a third of your your acres to look at new hybrids, new management techniques. Um, make sure that you're you're trying new stuff. Yeah. But man, when we bring a new hybrid out, uh, you better look at it because it's you know it's as good or better. Um, than anything in the lineup if we're bringing it in. There's, oh, there is a reason that we're bringing it in. We're not, you know, there, there's no reason for us to bring a new product in unless it is it is an improvement on what we already have. I agree. I, I agree completely. And, and you know, I mean, and I understand. I understand dairy guys who, who have their favorite hybrid and they know it's going to perform and they know it's done well on their farm. But but you're right. I th I think that they need to be looking at something that could do better. Right. You know, that ha that has the potential to do better. And, um, you know, and, and like I say, you know, try it, try it, you know, a, a third of it or, 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 um, or shoot, or even half, you know what I mean? And, um, and so, yeah, so, so the MPG index, I think is, is really going to, um, it, it's, it's really starting to catch on there. There are, uh, I think that we, I think that we're going to see it. Um, you, people are going to see it and begin to recognize it and understand, uh, yeah. Okay. This this has this stamp of approval on it that it that it has the potential for um, uh, for 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 making milk. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, good. Hey, Kevin. I appreciate you being in here today. I appreciate you talking through some of these things. I anything else before we before we kind of wrap up? Anything else that you can think of that we need to hit on? 
No, I, you know, I think we've we've covered it. Just uh, kind of looking looking in general, you know, Master's Choice is is evolving as a business. Um, sales are growing. We're seeing uh, we're seeing uh, a shift to a lot of larger farms, uh, which is causing uh, causing our our kind of the paradigm to shift. You're yeah. seeing a lot more demand for for traits on right. the farm on right. these on these acres. Um, our uh, our sales staff's going to keep growing. We're going to be going to be adding key people there. Um, you know, so that, that, uh, that's kind of, kind of going forward and, um, you know, we're, we're excited to get corn in the ground, um, get our R and D teams out and, and working it at what we, what we really love doing is, yeah. uh, walking cornfields and, and making genetic selections. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we've, uh, I think we've done a good job of, of quickly, uh, covering what's going on with each department, but, uh, it's exciting. Good deal. Good deal. Kevin, appreciate you being here. Hey, guys out there listening, appreciate you always listening in. I uh, hope that you enjoy these podcasts as much as we do. And uh, as always, remember that you can find us on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and uh, always, always, always at seedcorn.com. Thanks for listening, guys.